Hello, podcast listeners. We know podcasts are a great way to catch up on a program that you may have missed on KSJE, and it's provided as a free service of this radio station. But you know, KSJE is now listener-supported, and so while you enjoy this podcast, we hope that you'll also take some time to join KSJE. Become a member today. It's quite easy to do. Just go to our website at ksje.com support and pick the level of support that best matches your budget. Thanks again for listening. Here's your podcast. 11 minutes past 8 o'clock. It is Thursday morning, the 16th day of February 2023. Good morning, everybody. I'm Scott Micklin. Thanks for tuning in to KSJE. 90.9 FM over the air, of course, here in San Juan County in Durango, Colorado. You're listening to us, of course, at 103.3 FM. And everywhere else on the planet, you are tuning into our website, probably, at ksje.com. Welcome also to our viewers who are watching this visual radio program. The video is streaming out live to the KSJE Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and our Twitter account. So we're glad that you are with us this morning, because coming up in the next few moments, we're going to get an update from members of Team Guardian. They have, of course, completed their 3,000-mile row across the Atlantic Ocean. We have two of the team members with us this morning to tell us a little bit about that adventure and more. That's coming up here in the next few moments right here on KSJE, so stay tuned for that. Then, of course, later on this hour, I'll be checking in with Thomas Heuser of the San Juan Symphony. They have a concert coming up next weekend, both in Durango and Farmington. We'll get an update on that this morning at 8.50 a.m. on KSJE. Mick Kest will be here roving with the arts. This morning, he's playing music from Strauss, and that'll take us to 9.30, and Native Art Voices of the Four Corners with Vanaya Yazi. You'll hear that on the radio as well coming up later on this morning. Don't forget, you can also connect with us on our Instagram page in addition to Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. And if you're a podcast person, you can find KSJE Podcast wherever you're probably already listening to podcasts, places like iTunes and Spotify and Pandora and Google Podcasts. So just take a search and find KSJE and subscribe for free. Outside our studios here at San Juan College, it is 5 degrees under partly sunny skies this morning. We are expecting a mostly sunny day today with a high near 30 this afternoon. Tonight, clear and very cold once again with a low near 4. Partly sunny skies on Friday with a high of 36 tomorrow, 42 on Saturday. Partly sunny and 46 by Sunday, maybe 49 by Monday, and maybe another storm system rolling through the area uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So we'll have to see how that develops. So stay tuned for that. Let me introduce my guests and welcome them home from Team Guardian. They are here in the studio with me this morning, members of uh, Guardian Initiatives, of course. Jared Slindy and Mark Fetzer are here. Jared and Mark, good morning. Welcome back. Morning. Good to have you here, both of you, and thank you for coming in. And so, uh, gosh, it's uh, it's great to see you here, of course, tanned and somewhat uh, ready to go. And uh, and just uh, tell us a little bit about, you've been home for maybe a little over a week or so, right? It hasn't been that long, has it? A couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, about, I think, a, yeah, a couple of weeks, week couple, and a half. Yeah, and so you didn't get a return trip to Antigua, I guess, and yeah. now you're stuck in the cold weather, that's but that's right. that's how it is. Um, but for folks who've been living under a rock for the last four years, um, you and a third member of the team were um, raising money and raising awareness for uh, mental health of our first responders, and the whole idea was to put together this team and, and row a boat across the uh, Atlantic Ocean and uh, 3,000 miles, and mission accomplished. Done. Done. Right. Done and done. You can check that off the list, I guess, right? Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, so talk to me a little bit about that whole uh, that, that whole experience. I mean, you did a lot of training, and I think you tried to prepare for everything you could prepare for. But 
Um, you know, Mark, any any surprises? We heard, I think, from your wives a little bit about some of the things you guys had to deal with um, on the boat. And so um, talk to us a little bit about the things that maybe that you couldn't train for. Yeah, so I, I do think it's kind of uh, ironic. I mean, I, looking back, things I thought would be uh, a challenge weren't necessarily a challenge and things I, I, I didn't think were going to be a challenge ended up being more challenging to us. You know, for instance, you know, we spent so much time on our boat, going through our boat, learning our boat, learning, um, you know, all the equipment on the boat. And then to get out there and uh, within the first couple of days, we had uh, issues with our seat bearings. Now, this is bad because our seats roll back and forth and that's right. where we get our power for rowing and to start having issues with seat bearings like where bearings are actually going bad immediately that was pretty scary to think how are we going to row this boat i mean we had spare bearings and uh, we were able to come up with a plan we um you know did a little bit of maintenance on them and then every about every three or four days did maintenance on them keeping them lubed up which normally you wouldn't have to do but we were able to 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 keep it going didn't expect that you know our water maker system you know i'd been through the water maker system with uh, multiple people to learn it and then get out there and find it was losing pressure somewhere and again we were able to to, to come up with a workaround and it wasn't an issue for us. Um, but that's know, really important. I mean, that's, that would give you drinkable water, right, when you're in the middle of the ocean. That's, correct. That's your only source. That's our only source, right? So, We're filtering seawater. So, you know, luckily the issue was, was simply it was losing pressure, and we were able to bypass that. You know, just it took a little bit extra time to get it fired up every day. So things like that that um, we weren't planning on. We thought we were squared away on that, and they ended up being a challenge for us. And I suppose um, that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, I suppose that takes your, your focus away from the job at hand, which is the row, right? If you've got to deal with some of these other mechanical issues, right? You can't be uh, in the seats rowing all the time. Correct. And that, actually, the, the Watermaker one, um, we, uh, at some point when we were trying to figure out what was going on, you know, we had to take center compartment off of the, uh, you know, the, the boat, which ended up being a blessing to us because we, if we take that center compartment out, we gotta, you can't, you got to stop rowing because it's under the row seats. Um, we open that up, there's about eight inches of water in that compartment. Oh. Um, which, one, you never want to see water in your boat. No. <laughs> Two, no. we don't want to haul that extra weight if we don't have to. So we thought that was actually part of the um, part of the issue with our water maker. It's where the, in that compartment's where the water gets pulled out of the ocean. It ended up being a separate issue that we were able to fix and prevent more water from getting down in there where we had Could water. Could have been pretty serious, I suppose, if you hadn't discovered bills. it. Correct. So yeah. it kind of ended up being a blessing for us. And so things like that, we didn't expect to be an issue, but were. Um, and it just goes to show you out there, you know, you've got to be prepared for anything. Other other things I thought would be an issue. You know, I, at some point I thought, for me, I thought there would be some moment of fear, you know, that set in being on this tiny boat in the middle of the big ocean, you know, 15,000 feet of water. Um, and that never that never happened, you know, the... Um, the as soon as I felt the well, and this sounds funny, but as soon as I felt the stability of the boat, as 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 much as the boat rocked back and forth, it just had you could tell it wants to stay right side up, which is really good. That's what you want in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as soon as it felt that, there was a confidence in that boat um, that that we didn't get in training because we never experienced such big seas. So things I thought would be would would be a challenge were were less of a challenge. 
and again, things we didn't think of were, were definitely a challenge to us. Right. Interesting. Jared, what about you? Anything that you had to uh, deal with uh, on the trip? Yeah. You know, early on, I, I thought that the two hours on, one hour off was going to be uh, not sustainable. I mean, other teams had done it in the past. I just didn't think for me physically I would be able to sustain it that long. turns out that your body will, will adapt to anything. You know, your, your body's far more capable than what your mind's going to tell you. So that actually ended up really not being it was difficult and it was exhausting but not so much of a challenge that i thought so um you know the biggest challenge for me i think i've said it before is um i knew i was going to miss my family i didn't think i was going to miss them as much as i did so um that was that was a struggle for me but because you have young kids right yeah yeah and so um you know and jill was back here doing everything by herself you know of course with the help of the robin and, and but uh that was that was probably the biggest challenge for me aside from you know some physical stuff but uh but yeah, gotcha. And we heard a little bit about uh, about blisters mm-hmm. and things like that. That just if you're going to row all the time every day, that that's going to happen. Yeah, it's just expected that's going to happen. Right. And the seat bearings, as you as you mentioned, and, and things along that line. Some of the other teams, I think, had other more serious issues. There was one team that had to, to get rescued, I think, from from the ocean, and so um, so they were dealing with those things. Did you hear about any of that when you were out there, or were you pretty much just folks on the task at hand and, and not really getting other updates from the other teams. Yeah, we, we had heard that fight or die had, had capsized, I think it was maybe a day or two after, um, um, and that they were rescued and on their way to Canada on a cargo ship. And, uh, but yeah, so we heard about that. There wasn't a whole lot of information that was put out to really anybody just because they didn't, you know, they're an American team. They didn't want the other American teams to get, you know, too worked up about it. And they just wanted us to be able to focus and row. And so, um, yeah, we ended up catching catching up with them later and, and hearing their story. But, yeah, they, they went through a struggle, and, and they're all safe, which is great. Right. Very true. We're all glad about that, for sure. And uh, with technology, which is just amazing to me, I mean, we were able to talk to you guys from the middle of the ocean or almost towards the end of your, of your row. It sounds like you were able to at least make contact with your families on a fairly regular basis. Was that, did that help you at all, or did it make you feel more homesick maybe missing what the, what the kids were up to no it, it absolutely helped me um because before i left i i i had i told you i was like I don't, i'm not sure how much i'll be able to call or or will want to call just you know be want to be so focused but i ended up calling at least um after the first week and a half or so i ended up calling about every day and you know the conversations were pretty short but but uh, yeah that absolutely helped for me Right, and were the kids able to talk to you too? Sometimes, yeah. depending on what time you call. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd call. I'd call when it was six o'clock in the morning here, and so they're all getting ready for school and work. So, um, but yeah, I was able to touch base with them every day, and it was just it was it was great for me. It, it gave me the the motivation I needed. So. Right. Very good, Mark. What about you? Were you able to keep in pretty regular contact with your family? I was. I was, and it was uh, it was helpful for for me as well. Um, you know, the, the, a risk of thinking, yes, am I going to get more homesick? But really. Having that uh, reassurance, you know, from back home, you know, especially during tough times, you know, there, there, tough times would, would would come and go, and, and during those times, being able to call home and hear, you know, for for me talking to Robin, and you know, just that reassurance of it's all going to be all right, and uh, you got the whole community behind you, and uh, you know, the family behind you, so that was really really helpful. Nice, nice. You guys were on the water for fifty one days. Yep, fifty one. I days. think. Um, and so, and you mentioned how the stability of the boat maybe helped with, with some of that being out on the open water. I just mm-hmm. can't imagine being out there and just, you know, looking at the horizon and just seeing nothing but water 360 degrees, right? And that's what you were seeing 
each and every day. No other boats, really. No other land masses. That that, that was really all your your days, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely no land masses. I mean, other than when we first left uh, Canary Islands, it was probably three or four days of rowing before you cannot see the island anymore, which that's kind of a mental thing as well. I mean, we we rowed that long and still seeing where we left. And it's like, oh, my gosh, where you know, we've got 3,000 miles to go. But these are, you know, big volcanoes coming out of the out of the ocean. So large land masses. But after after that, we saw no other land masses. Um, you see some other rowboats the very first day. There was one time. I don't remember how many days in, probably about a third of the way, we saw another rowboat about a half mile to a mile from us. We talked to him on the radio. And then we did see other ships, um, large ships. Um, sometimes uh, we'd see, you know, it was nighttime, you may only see some lights, um, or daytime, you'd actually see them. And uh, we would talk to them, you know, get on the radio and talk to them. and Just and make sure they knew you were there because they're a bit bigger than you guys are. Correct. I mean, we, I, I guess about a dozen times we saw their ships, whether, you know, or we're close based on what our radar is telling us that we were close. And, and the crazy thing, I, I still think this is just crazy. About half of those, our, our, our computer system, if you will, our radar is telling us we're on a collision course. Oh, it's like we're in this giant ocean. There's no other boats for hundreds of miles, and yet we're on a collision course with this boat. So you, you get on the radio, and, and you know, they, all the boats are really good. You know, any of these large, I mean, you're talking thousand foot long cargo ships, and they get on to say, yeah, we see you, and we'll, you know, we'll keep you on our, on our, you know, our port side, our left side, our starboard side, and and uh, so that was really neat. Right, very interesting. And that was also something that you were dealing with too, was your beacon or whatever it is that tells other ships where you're located was not. Um, working as well as maybe you'd like it to be. Is that, is that a correct, correct so, description of the problem? Mm -hmm. So we have a, a system called AIS, Automatic Identification System or Information System, and it's what tells other boats who we are and where we are and, and vice versa. We receive signal from other boats. It's a safety system, you know, large boats out on the ocean have, and any boat out in the middle of the ocean should have. Um, and we started not early on, but you know, maybe, again, about a third of the way in, we started getting... Um, um, error warnings that we were losing connection and so through troubleshooting uh, that we realized what it was it was a uh, salt water getting into our antenna connections ah. and we were able to I think two or three times we had to get in there turn the whole system off undo those connections clean them with fresh water because the salt water acts as a conductor and just makes a makes a mess of things again something we weren't able to experience in training because we were never getting waves in training that would splash over the entire boat and, and that's um, what you got and that's sometimes got on yes. the ocean regularly enough out there wow jared yeah and so I, I think it's also important to note that while all these things are we're having troubles and trying to fix them i mean that's that's your likely your hour off your rest period so you're trying to get this stuff fixed and you're you're it's during your hour off and you want to rest and all that but uh so yeah that it takes a more of a toll when you got things like that that are failing right and then you have to row again for yeah, another two right, hours right after you fix the problem right. or, or try to fix the problem right. so that's how it, that's how it goes my guest this morning we are talking with two members of team guardian of course they are back from their three thousand mile row across the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, we should mention, too, there's going to be a gathering um, tonight in, uh, in Aztec that the community is invited to to kind of celebrate your safe return and your goals of uh, raising awareness for, uh, for first responders. And this is the first time, I think, that you've been back that you're kind of able to visit with the community and, and maybe offer thanks and they can thank you and Correct. and offer you congratulations. So that'll be a good yep. time. 4.30 tonight at uh, Aztec uh, County Commission Chambers. Very good. And we have a poster 
I know to show that for everybody, so let me get to that right there because it's official. You're all smiling faces. Pre-row. We were pre-row very excited. You're all uh, smiling. <laughs> exactly. Um, so wait a minute now. When's, so if, if, you're all, if you're smiling there, but uh, what does that mean for the next row, oh. gentlemen? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no? Uh, let, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two out, Who two has out. the better answer? Yeah, for me, two out of ten, uh, probably would not recommend. Uh, right. Uh, it was a great time. We really enjoyed ourselves, but uh, yeah, family is pretty important to us right now. Um, I think there's things in the works, um, but um, okay, but uh, not right, an actual second row. No, maybe. I think rowing is done. Um, so yeah, I don't think we'll do that again. Um, but there are things in the works that, with time, we'll we'll get back to it. So okay, all right, Mark. I, uh, same. Well, I definitely, yes, I would agree. I think the row for me, this was the one time I'm done. I wouldn't trade having done it for anything. I'm very glad to have done it. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of great lessons learned, um, you know, and, and again, for our awareness campaign of raising, you know, awareness for first responder mental wellness, I think it was very effective. Um, but the amount of time it took away from family uh, was huge, and um, so I think it's a, it's a one and done for that. Maybe some smaller goals, doing something you know slightly different. Okay, definitely hey. not another ocean row. You got it. You guys maybe rent a paddle boat at Farmington Lake this summer and <laughs> yeah, see how that you goes. Go. Is yeah, that maybe you what you're uh, what you're thinking of? I could do that. That would be all right. Maybe when it's hot <laughs> enough. Maybe yeah. not when it's five degrees. <laughs> yeah. But I understand. Very good. Well, and let's talk about your families because we talked to your wives. They came in very gracious to come in and talk a little bit, and they were. I think, you know, keeping the home fires burning and dealing with all this stuff when you guys were away. But, I mean, without their support, I don't think either one of you could have done what you what you did and what you were able to do through all the training and actually being away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, they should probably get a shout-out, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge sacrifice for, for the whole family, right? I mean, just uh, all for the past, like you mentioned earlier, four years. You know, Darren and I have been gone on weekends or, you know, training trips and, you know, just a lot of a lot of time spent away from family. And, but also for them to get behind us and, and, and not not just allow us to do us, but, you know, support us and, and be there and, and helping with the cause as well has been great. So, right. Very good. Jared. Yeah. I mean, that that sacrifice, um, while maybe in the in the background, absolutely helped the, our cause and our mission for first responder mental health. So. Right. Very true. And you're both, of course, representing the uh, Seven County Sheriff's Office this morning. You've been wearing your shirts and that's your full time job. And so, I mean, they had to, I think the sheriff, um, you know, gave you some time to do all of this and, and get the word out. And that's got to be a big, a big help as well. Yeah, great support from from the agency, from the sheriff, from the county, um, and you know I think multiple times on the row, uh, you know Jared mentioned that about you know how awesome uh, you know organization we work for to, to let us do this and um, you know support us because you know our coworkers had to pick up you know our duties while we were gone and I'm sure they're gonna you know expect that back this summer. Yeah, <laughs> probably right. No vacation. No, we're out of vacation. They can uh, they can take longer vacations. No, it just it, it has been amazing the the support from the county and, and the sheriff's office. Right, right. Well, very good. That's good to that's good to know. Let me ask you. Um, you were mentioning a bit about um, the row and, and being out there, of course, and, and the boat that was designed you know not to capsize. Right, it was mm-hmm. a different design than the boat that that did. I, Correct. I was told. And so, um, you know, I think that's important. But some of the, the storms, I mean, how, how bad were they? You mentioned waves kind of crashing over the boat and things like that. And so, um, but I think, you know, the time of the, of the row was designed and the, and the route so that you'd avoid some of the more serious storms, but it's still 
the Atlantic Ocean. So sure. things still get pretty wild and woolly out there, don't they? Yes. So early on, um, there, I think there was actually the, the race coordinators and race directors were looking early on whether we were going to be able to start on December 12th. There were some big storms in the Atlantic, two like re- really massive storms. Um, they went, they were, they stayed north of, of the Canary Islands, so we were able to start, but that put some rough weather early on. No storms we ro- rode through early on, but that is when we had our, our bigger seas, our higher winds. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, man, you know, it, when even talking about it, when, when is this going to, when are we going to get some better weather here? And, uh, but then once that died down a little bit, then we realized that was our speed. So that was uh, kind of nice. Right. You know, we were to push along. We were riding some bigger waves and, and having that wind pushing us. Um, after that, you know, there were times when we would get into heavier winds. I, I wouldn't say a storm per se, not like you're thinking, you know, these dark clouds coming in and, you know, massive, you know, storms and rain. Um, we didn't really have that. But you would have times of wind that we couldn't necessarily row through. Um and, you know, as far as waves crashing over the boat, we definitely had that through the whole row. I mean, it, even when it seemed like it was calmer, all of a sudden you just get this crazy wave hit you from the side and just swamp the whole boat. I mean, fill the whole boat deck with water. To, and, you know, it's, it's designed for that. We have right. large scupper holes on the side. The water would, would go out, but it would soak you, soak anything on deck. Um, that happened frequently. It, it tend to uh, uh, really like to happen about 10 minutes before you're supposed to get off the oars and go of on course, your break. Right. So right. you could be totally wet for your break. And um, It's probably Murphy's Law of the Sea, I suppose, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is how that would work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but the weather was somewhat, I mean, it was, I think it was cold at some points, and it kind of got warm at, at some points during the trip as well. And, and that was maybe what different from what you were expecting? Yeah, you know, we were we were told that it'd, it'd be super hot, and it was during the day. And uh, but they, we were told at night you'd be able to you'd be able to row with basically with no clothes on, just because it was so hot and a good time to let your body dry out. But that never that never really happened for you know for us. Um, you know, so it was that was different than what we were expecting. I I didn't think I was going to be wearing a, a heavy jacket and a beanie at night, and so. Uh, so it's funny during the day you're like gosh I just want it to be night because it'll be cooler and then at night you're like gosh I want the sun to come up because it'll be warmer so um, but uh, that we weren't expecting that um, but uh, you know we worked through that sure right you, you do what you got to do right right and and I know there were some members though in in the row that were maybe teams of two teams of one that were going on the same route of course and so um, the team of three, did that seem to have a, a good mix? I don't know how a single person could do it with yeah. growing and sleeping and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, we, you know, early on wanted to be a four-man team. Um, it only worked out that we were a trio, and I, I really liked being a trio. Um, you know, if we were to do it again, I think I'd, I'd prefer to do it as a trio just because I, th- I felt like there was more room on the boat. Um, and your off time, it was you were on your off time, not you and somebody else. And so you had more, um, more space to do what you needed to do. And so, and, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed being as trio. So, but yeah, I couldn't do it as a solo. Um, there's, there's solos still out there rowing. I right. just, I, I couldn't do it. Right. Do it. Mark, what about what about you? Yeah, I also enjoy it. And we don't need one of you are planning to do this again. You've <laughs> right. made that very clear. <laughs> I your also, wives have made that very clear. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked being the trio, like Jared said. I mean, we weren't battling for, um, you know, on our on your time off, it was just you. You know, one of the things with the, with the fours, 
and even pairs, you know, they often do two hours off on their breaks, you know, two hours rowing, two hours off. And for us, like Jared mentioned earlier, we were doing two hours on, one hour off. You really had to plan that hour. Um, but, uh, you know, outside of that, uh, the trio was nice. You know, there was teams, our boat's designed for anywhere from three people to five people. And there's a couple five-person five, pe- five teams out there. And I just, uh, three of us on there, I was like, how do, how do they do five? There's just no room on that boat. So uh, trio was good for us. A good mix. Very good. Um, before we run out of time this morning, gentlemen, I want to ask you about the food situation. Um, I'm always interested about the food. It's always about the food. But I know you had, and we show this picture about all the food that you had planned to take and did take with you. It was stowed on the, on the boat and, um, and had a little bit of some taste from home and, and some other things. But the food situation worked out pretty well. Yeah, every, yeah everything was good. Um, you know, for me early on, I had lost my appetite. I didn't eat a whole lot. And then, you know, I came around and was able to eat. But uh, I didn't eat all my food. Um, I was a I was on a four meal plan with a snack pack. And I, I mean, we all think I think we all only ate two meals a day with our snack packs. So food was good. You know, the, the absolutely things that we missed from from land. But everything was everything was good with the food. Right. Mark? Yeah, I, 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 I ate like a pig. And, and one thing, <laughs> we're, we were really blessed. None of us got seasick. Well, that um, is good. None of right? us, even early on, we thought all of us would, and none of us did. So, um, I, I, you know, again, I planned three like dehydrated meals per day, and then a whole bag of snacks, and I ended up only doing two meals per day and a snacks. Part of that is just time. Again, right. that one hour off, um, that's half your break to cook your food, let it sit and hydrate, and then eat it. Um, and uh, so I did two in the snack bags, but ne- didn't have any problems with the food. Really enjoyed it. Like you said, we brought a little taste of home, some green chili with us. That was delicious. Wish I'd brought more of that. And, right. Um, I even, I mean, I was so hungry when these guys weren't eating their food. I was like, hey, give me your snacks. So I was taking their Oreos and, uh, you know, fruit snacks. But you and can't all let it stuff. go to waste. That's I mean, right. you got to be, that's you right. know, that's part of being a team so, player, I suppose, right? <laughs> so there, there you that's go. Right. Um, well, let me ask you about your arrival in uh, mm-hmm. Antigua and the and the finish line. Were you able to see? You said you saw land for a few days when you were leaving the Canary Islands. Were you able to see land for a few days out when you were getting close to Antigua, or was the topography a little bit different? T- topography was different. Uh, we didn't see land till about twenty five miles out, and um, you know then we're within a day yeah. or so of okay. getting in. So, and it's funny. Everybody told us, "Oh, you're going to smell land before you get there." We never smelled it, mm. and, and that's a common thing. With sailors and rowers, oh, you'll smell it before you get there. We're like, oh, I don't know. I don't. We must have stunk too much to smell. <laughs> that overpowered it. that, but um, yeah, we saw we saw the glow of Antigua the night before. We could okay. see the glow from the lights the night before, but then actually seeing land not till that day. And what did that do for the guys, uh, for the team? I mean, did that get your motivations going and rowing a little bit, maybe harder, faster? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to, I mean, we wanted to be in a bit earlier than what we were. And so um, we were, for me at least, I was a bit down, but when you could see the glow, it, you know, those last two days were, it was good because you knew you were gonna be there. Um, but uh, you seeing the glow was was really cool, and then seeing the land was really cool, and then just uh, and just inching closer and closer and closer, and it was it was it was great. Your arrival um, at night it was about eleven o'clock uh, New Mexico time, a little bit later uh, earlier earlier in the morning Antigua time. Mm-hmm. Um, but here you are. Here's the picture on the dock on on uh, solid ground for the first time in fifty one days. Um, what was that? What was that like? Yeah, I mean for me it was it was. Um, 
because there's a lot of hoopla around yeah, your arrival. Yeah, there's torches they, going, yeah, and there's they, drones flying around, and there's a, lights and everything, right? You put on a heck of a show, and you've got all these boats coming out to you and welcoming you to Antigua. you got the race race organizers coming out with you know with pictures and and spotlights and you can hear our families up on the on the cliffs you know screaming and yelling and uh it was it was great i think when we when i when we finished it crossed that line i just i kind of stopped and just you know it's done you know we're done um and uh, a lot of emotions and uh it was it was a great great arrival right Right, Mark. Yeah, there was there was when we when we first come in, and of course it's been just the three of us and uh, like no lights at night. Yeah. For, for fifty one days, and then to come in and have you know these. I remember the first boat that came out was I guess their Coast Guard boat, and it came out with this blue lights, police lights on, but they never said anything to us. I'm like, what do these guys want? Are we in the right area or, or what? And then all the other boats started coming out, and again spotlights and photos and zooming around us, lots of lots of stuff to take in. But actually stepping out on land. Um, and seeing our families, I, that was just that was an amazing feeling after after that long, and you know, just accomplishing what we just had is is surreal at that moment. So. Right, I can't imagine, but it was great to see it and experience it kind of kind of with you as the coverage was uh, was fairly live and and right there that night that you came in, um, first meal that you had on uh, on dry land. What were you craving, or what did you want to want to have for your first meal? Uh, we we had a lot of we talked a lot about food and things that we wanted to eat. Uh, Mark mentioned uh, toaster strudels uh, very early on, so I had craved crust, uh, toaster strudels. I hadn't eaten those since I was eight. Okay. So when I got back to the U.S. in Farmington, I went to Smiths and got toaster strudels and and ate those. But uh, uh, our first meal was provided by the race, and it was ha- uh, you know hamburgers, cheeseburgers, and, and French fries, and, and it was good. Um, but uh, yeah, it was yeah. And then the week after our arrival, I think we all ate just a lot of food and uh all those things that you were craving so we're back on diets now right gotcha mark what about for you what was your uh oh uh, you know breakfast i love breakfasts and uh our families the the next morning did cook us a big breakfast that was delicious Um, i think we had pancakes and eggs and sausage and so that was that was delicious and of course you know my 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 love is ice cream and so then i had to go on the hunt for ice cream in antigua and uh, I've, i've uh, been on it since so gotcha very good well you are your home and uh we're so excited that uh, you guys made it back safe and uh so thrilled to be able to celebrate later on today of course the big celebration in uh, in aztec at the uh, county commission uh chambers i think right for the public uh 4 30 p.m this afternoon to uh celebrate your uh, your 3,000 miles and uh your mission accomplished for uh, team guardian so congratulations thank you, thank you so much you bet thank you Great to see you guys. Thanks for coming Thanks in. Thanks for having us. Of course. My guest this morning right here, Team Guardian on KSJE. KSJE and San Juan College present the Student Success Coaching Tip of the Week. Welcome. We're back at Week 5, Coaching Tips of the Week. My name is Emin Chi with the Student Achievement Center. This week is asking for help. If you really don't understand a concept, ask questions. Stop by your professor's office during their office hours or contact classmates and your professors via email or Canvas. You can go to the tutoring center. Some classes might even have a Facebook group to keep students engaged and to create an environment to ask questions outside of class. Either way, your professors will be on your side, non-judgmental, wanting to help you understand the class in its entirety. The Student Success Coaching Tip of the Week, presented by KSJE and the Student Achievement Center at San Juan College. 
Did you enjoy that podcast? We hope that you did. And if you did, share it with your friends. And if you really want to keep podcasts like this coming, please support KSJE. You can do it easily online at ksje.com.